Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today is our own pianist in residence, Sam Page. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. I don't know where you all are located in the world today, but uh, here in the northeastern part of the United States, I got to tell you, the weather is gorgeous. It is so beautiful outside. Just got back from my nature walk. Temps in the upper 60s to low 70s. Blue skies. Ugh. And the smells of spring. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Sam is nodding his head up and down. So that suggests he either likes it or he's experiencing something similar. What's your weather like, Sam? Both, really. But yeah, it's quite Both, really. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a wonderful thing. And of course, we, as usual, have a special guest. Her name is Megan Warren. She is a holistic life coach. And I'm going to be asking her what exactly that is. And we've talked about life coaches for years now, but a holistic life coach. That's an interesting twist. I'm curious about that one. So hello, Megan. How are you doing? Hello. I am fantastic. I'm so happy to be here with both you, Walt and Sam, and your audience. I'm excited to kick things off. Let's talk about it. Excellent. Yes. Okay. So I got to start right there. What is a holistic life coach? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. So just to give you a little background, I started as a, my certification is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Okay. And so I was calling people in working on their health. Right. Um, and just to go a little further, what I do is help people get their body back into balance in an unconventional way. And so I would run advanced lab testing to see, you know, what is going on with your body? Why are these symptoms popping up? And what I noticed is um, when I would work with certain people, they would take the protocol and run with it. And they would be great with that. Other people needed a little more guidance. They needed more behavioral change. I noticed a lot of mindset blocks would come up. Fear of, can I do this? Fear of, you know, what's, can this last? If I reach my goal, if I reach my, you know, if I change my habits, am I going to be able to maintain this? And so I got really curious and I'm the type of person, like, I want to get to the root. I want to get to the root. You and me both. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I went ahead and got a different certification, another certification to become a master method coach where I can look at integrating five levels of change, mindset, emotional mastery, subconscious reprogramming, behavioral change. And I think I said mindset, emotional mastery, somatic work, which is body work. Right. And so on my calls now with people and they're, they're coming to me with health issues. I really get to get deep with them, find out what's going on at the core. And then I started noticing that this is also popping up in other areas of their life. And so that's how holistic life coach, I started, you know, people were coming to me with relationship issues and then with financial issues and it mirrors, you know, if, you, if your health is, is not um, in balance, what else in your life is out of balance too? And so I just started calling myself the holistic life coach for that reason. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense. I mean, we have holistic medicine. We have other kinds of holistic practitioners. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I never really heard the term before, but I like the fact that you put those two together because life coaching has become very big. A lot of people are, are taking advantage of life coaches. A lot of people are offering life coaching. So it's becoming very, very popular. Um, I guess we're kind of overdue to include the word holistic in there because really all life coaching is holistic, isn't it? I mean, when you come right down to the base of it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And it's a, it's a holistic approach, looking at everything, all the ins and outs. You know, if you are working on something in your life, but your health is suffering, that's a foundation. Mm. How can you start to really take care of your body that has a lot to do with self-worth and, you know, taking the time for self-care and that's going to be mirrored in every other area of your life, your relationships, your work ethic, everything. That's the way it works. That makes total sense. So, okay, well, now we have the lay of the land. Um, what, let's touch on a couple things that I know you've been doing, and we'll, we'll sum them up at the end of the show as well. But uh, we were talking before we got started here. You, you obviously do the coaching, and uh, you mentioned you have a course uh, that's been going on. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. I was so inspired to do this course. It kind of just hit me. Do y'all ever get that, that inspiration? That's like, Oh my God, this is, this work needs to be out there. This yes. is needed. <laughs> That's how this you podcast know? got started. <laughs> yeah. So you have to follow those intuitive hits, right? Right. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's called mind body accelerator. And the whole idea is to help somebody with the mindset work also with the body work. Um, really supporting metabolism and hormones. And then also, you know, we store emotions in our body if we are not dealing with them, if we're not approaching them in an accepting, compassionate way. It can be stored in the body and will later pop up in life. And so I created this six-week program to support you, whether you're on a health journey or not, you don't even have to be. Um, kind of like what I said, health is a foundation. This is going to help you get your mindset right, focus on you know, what are the blocks that are getting in the way of me reaching my goals, Mm. but also working on, am I taking care of myself? Am I nourishing my body? And so it's just a six week program to just kickstart anything you're working towards. That's a great thing. Yeah. Sometimes we need different levels of support. Sometimes we need different levels of coaching, so to speak. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just need different levels of reminders. And that sounds like that's kind of like a a foundational way to get in there. Just sort of a a basic way to get the process started and uh, see if that if that meets the need or to see if you need something a little bit more personalized than that. And then you can take the next step after that. That's right. And how it kind of was birthed. Um, a friend of mine, who's another functional practitioner, functional medicine practitioner. She said, Megan, I need help with these clients. I'm helping them with their hormones. I'm helping them. We're doing the lab testing, but they're so stressed. Mm. And at the root of that, it's, you know, what's causing that stress? A lot of that's mind. Yeah. Your mind and your body are connected. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to create this program. They can still work with you. They can take this program. And then now that it's over, I did my first round in March. My second round is starting this month in May, um, which is almost over next week. It's starting. And so, um, the whole idea is to help people with that stress management and they can apply this to any area of their life. Okay, very good. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, I just got notification. We're having trouble streaming to one of our destinations on Facebook. So if you're on that one, sorry, you're not even hearing this. But if you're hearing yeah. this, it means, and you're on Facebook, okay, well, that means it's actually getting through to you. So we're, we're, we're going to a couple different places, and I think this one just kind of got knocked out. But uh, that's okay. It will, will, we will survive. Um, something else, too, uh, along the same lines is that when we talk about this stuff, we're talking about not just the mind. We're talking about the role that both the mind and, and physical stuff plays in wellness and sickness because, I mean, that they, they really are they're, – they're intertwined. They're, they're so heavily connected that uh, – well, I, actually, let me turn this around. I'm going to turn this into a question because um, my own viewpoint actually I know runs against what 
let's say, the majority of society thinks. So I'm going to tell you what my viewpoint is, and you tell me how far you're willing to go to meet it. <laughs> I would <laughs> love to hear your viewpoint. Okay. So my viewpoint is all disease and all health begin and end in the mind, and that, yes, there are physical uh, factors that contribute to it, but the mind is actually the driving force of it. And I'm kind of curious. Now, that, that's really, it, it's a very um, controversial position, but I'm kind of curious, how far out does yours go toward toward my viewpoint? I completely agree. Oh, I completely Ooh. agree. And if you want me to explain what my point of view, why I believe that I'm happy to do that. Go for it. Yeah. So the mind, so the mind, the, the purpose of the mind, the goal of the mind is to protect us, right? It wants to seek safety, security, pleasure, and so say, for example, you are diagnosed with a disease, your mind can either, your mind's automatically going to go towards, I need to get rid of this. This is toxic. This is bad. That's what the mind's programmed to do. And so what happens with that, like, say, for example, this is just a scenario, hypothetical scenario. If the mind goes there and you start to buy into those beliefs and that story, you're going to, the mind's going to create feelings and emotions in the body. They're probably going to be fear, scarcity, like I don't have long to live, fear, what do I need to do now? Um, this need to hurry and get rid of it, like I said, it's toxic. And so that's how the mind and the body are connected. And that then plays out with our behaviors. We might, because of this fear and anxiety that we might feel in our body, our behaviors are going to mirror what we're thinking and what we're feeling. Mm. And so we are going to be at a constant fight flight response, which is when our cortisol levels are spiked and we not, we might not be in the right frame of mind to do things in a clear state. Now, scenario two, you have the person who gets a diagnosis and they have a completely different vantage point. They start to look at this like, okay, this is what my body, this is what my body is showing me. I have been ignoring, neglecting it for years. I'm going to get my butt into gear. I was going to say ass. Am I allowed to cuss on here? <laughs> <laughs> much, much worse have been said. I tend to keep it clean, but that doesn't mean everybody else. Okay. Does, so I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you rated. We've um, gone into triple X at times, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Put it this way. We had a show where we interviewed a stripper. That'll give you an idea. Got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> a male yeah. stripper, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Approved. Um, so the mind will think, okay, I need to get my butt into gear. How can I start to overcome this? I'm going to start taking care of my body. I'm going to, I'm going to overcome this. My body is resilient. My body can, you know, I know that I can heal from this. My body is capable of healing and all of us are capable of healing. Every single one of us, but it starts here. Those thoughts are then going to create a different set of emotions in the body, different sensations, maybe excitement, motivation, pleasure, joy, like, okay, I got this. And that then is going to change your behaviors. And so I, that's why I completely agree with you. I think that, and it's, by the way, what I will say is it's okay if you're in that fierce state at some point, it's human. Sure. We all, we all are going to be there, but really the opportunity is 
how can you be with that fear? How can you mother that fear and show yourself that, you know what, it's safe to be here, but I got you. Let's start to turn this train around and let's start to show yourself, your body, that you're capable of having a different outcome. And this is when I think you have the miraculous um, recoveries. It's because they feel like I have five years to live. I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to let all these rocks go that I've been holding in my backpack that have been weighing me down. Life is too short to live, not fully. And, yeah. and, and so, yeah, I know that was kind of long winded, but. No, that's okay. Great. That's fine. That's, that, I thought you nailed it really well, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I thought that was great. Um, uh, I'll also take it a couple steps further. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if, how far I can stretch the envelope here. But <laughs> the way I look at it is it's also an opportunity. Every time that we're dealing with something that we really don't like, we, we have some sort of you know physical illness, some sort of um, injury, dread disease, whatever it might be. Not that I'm advocating getting those things, but once we have that situation that we're dealing with, we have an opportunity in front of us because our societal training is that we are victims of it. And we must be treated as victims of it. And we have doctors and nurses who help us to get past that uh, unfortunate place that life threw us into. And that's kind of like the whole mindset. But the opportunity I'm talking about is we have an opportunity to try to stretch our beliefs, stretch our mind, stretch our thought process way beyond what we thought was possible before. And to, to, my favorite word to describe it is to dare to dare to go for something that we didn't think we could do. Yeah. Just just go for it. Just try it. Just to see if, if we can possibly get there. Because the amazing thing that I found in my own case, and I think it's true for many people who have tried to do this, the amazing thing is we can actually do it. We can actually stretch ourselves past what we originally or previously thought we could do, mm-hmm. especially where healing is concerned. I love that, and I totally agree. And I will say, you know, there's a time and a place where Western medicine is great, surgeries, things like that. But I do think that, um, not to go far into this, but they're trained in a certain, a certain way to medicate and, and there's a totally different world out there. Look at Walt's universe. There's a totally different universe (laughs) out there (laughs) with healing and how the body is capable. That's what the body's intended to do. When you get a cut, it heals itself. And so the same thing goes with, you know, anything that we are faced and what is really fascinating is the, the mind and the body are so intelligent that sometimes you will feel pain. Your, your mind will go to the pain because it's avoiding feeling something uncomfortable, like an emotion. Mm. Yeah. And so it's easier to have something that's 3d pain. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because now now we don't have to deal with the fact that we create it. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to run away. But yeah, <laughs> it's easier to focus pain, on that pain. You can still run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can. I, I actually did have that one time. I, um, I've told this story on the show before, so listeners have heard it, but uh, you haven't heard it before. This is about um, four years ago, I think it was. Roughly this time of year is when it all kind of came to a climax, but it started about three months earlier in like, you know, late January, early February, I did something. I don't know exactly what I did. I think it may have been, you know, quick kneeling down or something like that. But I pulled ligaments in both my knees. Mm. And I 
I'm not sure how many ligaments got pulled. I think it may have been two in one knee and one in the other. I never really had it officially checked, so I don't have a, a, an official diagnosis. But, you know, everything, you, you can look stuff up online to find out where ligaments are located. And, you know, there was one spot on the left side of the knee, one spot on the right side of the knee, and on the other knee it was on one spot. And those were ligaments. There, there was the anterior cruciary ligament. I mean, there was just spelling out, yeah, there it is. It's ligaments. So you knew it was ligaments. And you look up the healing time on ligaments, and it tells you six to nine months which I didn't like a whole lot. But at the time, I didn't really know what to do about it. And about three months later, around this time of year, they had gotten so much worse that I was in agony. Mm-hmm. Literally, there were some days when I couldn't walk. I, I, wow. I could, I would, I, even lying down, they would, they would hurt. I would have to ice the knees just to kind of get the pain to go away. And then one day, I don't know why it took so long, but it finally occurred to me, wait a minute, I do a podcast on Mind Over Matter. What am I waiting for? There you go. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, let's see. How do I do this? I'm not quite sure how I do it, but let's give it a shot. And, and one thing I had had uh, success with in the past, long ago, you know, right in the very early stages when I first learned about the, the movie The Secret and how the law of attraction works and all that, I had uh, successfully gotten rid of a cyst on my finger using positive intention. And the way I had done it was by realizing that the finger on the other hand is a mirror image of it. So I just looked at the one that was clean and said, that's the way my other finger looks. And I got into that vibrational state. And when you know, a couple of weeks later, I remembered to look again and the cyst was gone, despite the wow. fact that the doctor had, that time I did see a doctor and the doctor said, well, you're going to have to have surgery on that because they don't go away on their own. So that had given me some reinforcement, like, okay, something can be done here. So I kind of did the same thing. Um, like I said, both knees were hurting even when I was lying down. But, but one of them, if I iced it, the right knee, um, the pain would go away and I could take the ice off and it would feel like it was a normal knee as long as I, I didn't get up and do something dangerous like walking, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> as long as I was lying down, I was okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to pretend that my left knee feels like my right knee. And I, I started focusing. Okay. My left knee feels like my right knee. My left knee was screaming. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I said, no, 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 no. My right knee and my left knee, they feel the same. No, they don't. No, they don't. And it, it went on like that for a few minutes, but I really, I mean, it was like, all severe focus, but I was so focused in on it. I finally managed for a split second to feel that my left knee was pain-free. And then all of a sudden the pain was back. It was like it snapped in, snapped out. And then I was exhausted. So I took a nap for an hour. And then I kept trying it again over and over again over the next few days. And within a week, 98% of the pain was gone. Yeah. Wow. I believe it. Yeah. And that, and that, no, I don't, the pain's still there. The pain, that's resistance. Well, and it felt we, real to me, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Your mind didn't want to, your mind wanted you to know, focus on that pain, focus on the pain. And you overcame that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the knee protested. It kept saying, you don't seem to understand. I'm injured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was almost like this argument that I was having with my knees. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the resistance. So many times when I'm coaching people on unconscious blocks that they're dealing with. They have one foot on the gas. They want whatever goal they're focused on, but unconsciously they have their foot on the brake. Mm. And it's like, oh, I I didn't realize that my foot was on the brake. I didn't realize that this was serving me in some way. How is this serving me? How is it protecting me? Okay. Both feet on the gas now. I'm ready. That's a big point you just raised there. How is this serving me? We skip that one most of the time. It's amazing how often that actually comes up. If If you can take the time to unearth it. There's some payoff somewhere that serves us in a way we weren't even considering. Absolutely. Everything's in service for us. Every single thing, whether we want it or not, 
It feels like it's not serving us when it's not in our expectations, mm-hmm. when it's not in our plan. And that's usually when the most growth happens is when we can really, when we get tested. It's true. It's true. And I've had many, many guests here. I, I, I don't think I told you, I've been doing the podcast at least 10 years in September. So I've had, as you can imagine, quite a few guests on the show, yeah, quite a few co-hosts, a lot of people that I've been talking to over the years with some great conversations, learned a whole lot from a whole bunch of people. Over and over and over again, I keep hearing the same storyline. I crashed and burned, and I rose like a phoenix. I had this terrible thing happen, and it led to some wonderful stuff. I, I was ready to commit suicide, and then I became a multimillionaire. I mean, it, it, it's the same kind of story. It's different, you know, different ways that it applied, you know, money or health or relationships or careers or, you know, like a whole list of possibilities. But it's the same story every time. Tremendous hardship, tremendous um, adversity, and then surviving it and thriving it and then leaping forward. That's right. And it takes a lot of this. It takes mind. a lot of that. And, and well, this Persevere. is where the coaching comes in. This is where you need somebody to talk to, to help mm-hmm. keep you on track, I think, anyway. Because um, that's been the benefit that I've got by having talking to so many wonderful people who have helped me in so many different ways and you know, vicariously helped the listeners as well. It's that the more that you talk to somebody about, first of all, stuff that's going on with you. I mean, here on the show, we talk about stuff generally. But... Uh, the more that you talk about stuff that's going on directly with you and what your experience with this is and, and how you're feeling about it. And ultimately that is the story of how you're feeling blocked or resistant or in some way, not, not confident or doubting or whatever. And you do that with somebody who knows how to help you. <laughs> I hesitate to say, think your way through it. You're not really thinking your way through it, but in a kind of sense you are. But, well, and how, what's a better way to say it, that? Navigate yeah, that's what a good I, way to say it. What I really focus on is like you, I'm guiding you, but you're doing the work. Yeah. It's your true essence that's speaking, your truth. And having a guide and a coach allows you to move, like take the blinders off Mm. so that you can see clearly. It's like, like it's unveiling the cloud, whatever is being, whatever is clouding your view. Right. Yeah. So that you can really feel the truth of what's the very next step on your, on your path. It's can be really overwhelming when you're going through something. If you're in the picture, it's hard to see how you're framing it. That's where a coach is really beneficial because they're outside of the picture. They can see how you're framing things. And so that's, you know, and I love, I mean, I work with coaches too myself and doing my whole program, becoming certified to be a master method coach. I was going through my own challenges as I was going through that, working on myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to make me a better coach because I've been through, (laughs) I've been through these hardships. So I'm totally with you. Like it's now looking back, it's, there's gratitude Yeah, because I know that I'm resilient and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about any about that stuff, but it's very, very real. Oh, we can, de- a better we, coach. we can definitely go that direction. We, we can go almost any direction you want to go in here. There, there aren't, there are no boundaries and there are no, there are no rules. So you're safe. <laughs> it's hard to go wrong here. <laughs> awesome. In fact, when you're talking about gratitude, for me, as soon as somebody says gratitude, I flip it around to appreciation because to me, it's, it's a, sort of the higher vibe concept. Um, in fact, um, listeners know that we have a uh, recurrent guest who is kind of Abraham Hicks like. 
Um, he is a channeler. He channels the stream of David is what it's called. And love that. A lot, a lot of the messaging that comes through uh, includes the idea that the highest vibration is not love, it's appreciation. Mm. That, in fact, appreciation is higher than love simply because humans attach so much negative stuff to love, <laughs> which is an interesting point. It's, it's quite a good true. point. And yeah. I also, what's really coming through to me right now is appreciation is just feels more grounded. Mm-hmm. So well, it's also, like, it's oh, a heightened level, but you're also a level of like very much like grounded where love sometimes can feel just very expansive and airy. Okay. If that makes any sense, I don't know. That's just what's really that's alive fair. for me. Well, I mean, a lot of this is, is going to be perceptual anyway, so that's fine yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, for me, the way I think about appreciation is I think about it the same way I would think about, say, real estate. Real estate appreciates in price. What does that mean? Well, it goes up in value. So mm. I think about anything that I'm appreciating in the same way. I'm increasing the value of it the more attention that I give to it. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And when I look at it that way, now I now I have another reason to understand why it's a higher vibration than love. Because love, I think we, we all kind of feel like love is like this vibration, that, you know, whatever X is, right? But appreciation, it keeps going up and up and up and up. So at some point, it's going to pass love and it's going to keep going. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate now, that. <laughs> yes. <thank laughs> and the stream have, associ- have assured me that actually um, – Appreciation is the highest vibration, and, and they, they talk like it is a single level, which is the level of source energy. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I take their word for it. But there's also a piece of me that says, yeah, but can't it go higher? Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> it makes sense to me, but I don't know. You know, We'll find out, I guess, at some point. Yeah. All I know is I, I it, it gives me the um, the incentive to really – appreciate appreciation to appreciate as often as I possibly can. I had an interesting experience with that today, by the way. Um, like I, I mentioned to you uh, before, uh, I, my, my wife owns a gardening service and maintenance business. She's retired. I'm running it now. And we just went through a big hiring spree. And I also had to let one of our gardeners go. And it was not a situation where I was really worried that the gardener was going to be upset that we were letting her go because it was, I think it was pretty clear to all of us. Her heart wasn't really in it. She was kind of, tired of it. And so she wasn't showing up to work and stuff like that. And so I went to, I, I arranged with her because we give out the tools to all of our gardeners. So I arranged to get the tools back and she showed up and we just had this really pleasant conversation and, and uh, she didn't challenge any of it. And at every step of the way, I was appreciating, appreciating, appreciating. I was like appreciating mm-hmm. her for the work she had done. I appreciating her for what she, you know, how long she'd been with us and all this kind of stuff. And every step of the way that I did that, she says, oh, yeah, you know, if you ever need somebody to fill in for a day, give me a call. And all I, I, like it was all this very, very positive conversation on what in most cases would be a negative situation. Wow. Yeah. She felt that energy. She did. Yeah. yeah. And I felt it from her, too. It was both ways. It's two ways. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's actually easier, I think, when it's two ways. I mean, it's possible to have it one way, but when it's one way, now you're constantly, if you're the one who's doing all the appreciating and the other person's not really vibing with it, well, first of all, they don't hang around very long. But secondly, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're saying, come on, join me up here on this high level. It's really great. And they're giving you the sideways glance, like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And the, the only thing that you have control over though, because you did not have control over her reaction at all. Right. The only thing you have control over is your side of the street. So if yep. you're in that appreciation, it's immediately going to change the energy between you two, whether 
you know, she's, she's going to shift because of what you do on your end. And that's just yes. so freeing to me to know yeah. that, you know, if you're in a conflict with your partner and you are in the right headspace and you're breathing in your body and you're clearing that energy of, okay, I'm going to be a little more grounded. I'm going to be in appreciation for this conflict. The energy is going to shift and they're yeah. going to feel that. In fact, the real challenge is when you're in a situation that is controversial, that is, you know, something you're upset about. You no, know, you're calling the cable company because the cable's out or, you know, whatever it is, something that, that is giving you a hard time. And your challenge is to find a way to appreciate this situation you really can't stand at all. Yes. <laughs> like when we have to call, yeah, credit card bills and all. Yeah. I've been there. I'm like, I'm going to be very much in gratitude right now. How can mm -hmm. I? <laughs> and it does shift the energy. It does. And it, and it does it proportionally to how successfully we're able to actually get there. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what the other person is, is doing or saying. It has to do with what we're doing, which is it's empowering and odd at the same time. That's right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, okay. first of all, we're not used to that. You know, not, it's not something our culture teaches. It's not something our societies, no matter where we live around the world, our societies don't normally teach. Well, if you get into that appreciation mode, everything's going to go swimmingly because most of them don't even believe it anyway. <laughs> so how are they going to teach it? Um, so therefore we have been brought up and grown up and lived in societies that teach us kind of the opposite of that. I'm not sure if it's totally the opposite, but certainly it's not congruent with it. Let's put it that way. And, and so it, it's a challenge. Every single time that we're facing this, it is a challenge. What can I do in this situation that is not congruent with my teachings that I've had as I've been growing up and as I've been living in this life? But I know because, you know, that teacher over there told me and this uh, podcast told me and other people told me that if I can get into that appreciative state, I'm going to get a better result. Can I get myself to do it? Mm -hmm. That's the challenge yeah. right there. Going against the grain can feel uncomfortable. Mm. But I think society teaches us just to check the boxes and to avoid feeling anything. Mm, yeah. Like disconnect from your body, disconnect, because that's really where you raise your vibration. True. You can connect to your body and really be embodied, feeling the expansive energy that we all have. That helps you raise your level, your vibration. Yeah, it does. It really does. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like we lack the opportunities to practice either. Right. I mean, every single day. In fact, if you go through a day where you don't have an opportunity, there's one of two possibilities. Either you've been on high vibe all day long and, and nothing could come near you that was low vibe anyway, or you haven't done anything. <laughs> it's one or the other. There's not a third option here. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the world we live in. We live in that world of contrast, polarity, all kinds of things happening, things that we don't necessarily like happening. And mm -hmm. how are we going to navigate? How are we going to deal with them? How are we going to respond? That response is everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, in, in the years that you've been doing the, uh, the, the holistic approach to life coaching, how often do you run into somebody who wants help on the surface, but deep down they really mm. don't want to, to make that shift? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's actually been, um, yeah, it's, they usually come to me for health issue. Okay. And then that's when the invitation is, are you ready to go deeper with this? Do you really want to look at what's causing, what's caused your hormonal issues? What's causing, um, 
this inflammatory response in your body, these food sensitivities, this gut issue, you know, a lot of our GI issues, a lot of them, I feel and believe, and just from experience, your solar plex has been disrupted. Like your power has been taken away Hmm. and that's reflected from the body through our stools. You know, if you are having this IBS, there's so many people who have IBS and they, you know, they don't, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do. Let's talk about your power. Well, you know, let's talk about, are you a people pleaser? Let's talk about your, sure. do you feel like you have to be in control all of the time? We all know there's a greater power in control, but society teaches us <laughs> that we have to be in control all the time. And this is, you know, when things don't go our way, the body is going to feel a different way. You know, you're going to feel like I'm losing my control. I don't know what to do. And that's when a lot of times the, the symptoms will start to flare up is because you've been ignoring the root of the issue for a long time. And there's other things, of course, like nutrition, sleep, movement that are very important. Um, but I really do believe that the core, the root issues, like what we talked about is a lot of the mind body the suppressing the emotions, the, you know, doing the, doing the things that people pleasing mm-hmm. just to get an outcome versus really living in high integrity and in your truth and what's best for you. It's ironic too. I like what the way you said that, that, that society expects us to be in control, but what's so ironic about that is society never teaches us how. Right. Well, they're really controlling us. <laughs> I suppose. They're, right. they they're trying to. Yeah. They're trying to. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, it, you're right. That yeah. you're supposed to remain in control, but no one seems to know how to teach you how to do it. <laughs> well, not no one, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The, 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 the famous they of society that everybody says, you know, it's them. They're the ones who are doing this. They don't seem to know how to teach it. It's <laughs> strange. Right. Yeah. And I, I truly believe the, how you gain your control back is reconnecting to your body mm. and being grounded and using the foundations of what you're fueling your body with is very important. You know, going back to years and years and years and years, how did we used to eat versus how do we eat now? That's taking us out of alignment with our body. And if you can recenter yourself and really come back to like, this is who I am at my core. These are the things that make me happy. This fuels my joy. Then you, you, you gain your control back. You take it back. And that's, I feel like is really that secret of that's the only way you can be in control is if you really know what you want, what's true for you and what brings you joy and happiness and how to course correct when life throws us a curveball because it will. That's, you know, where we are. I love um, a mentor that I've heard this before. A quote that he says is, you know, we go to school and we learn the lessons and then we get tested. But in life, we get tested and we learn the lesson after. Mm. It's true. It's right. true. Kind of backwards, but it makes sense. It's, yeah, it, it is. And so it's like, if you keep getting tested in the same area, you haven't learned the lesson. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it's, again, there's the irony coming through again. You know, yeah. as we've been talking, I, I, I don't think I, I explained this to you before we started uh, today's program, but 99, 98, 99% of our listeners, our listeners only, they, they don't see the video. Um, so 
Both of them don't know that Sam has been jumping up and down and, and clapping and nodding his head and very excited and applauding. So, Sam, I got to ask you, as you've been listening to this, what, what parts have been really resonating the most with you? Well, so many things kind of resonate with just the idea of how important perspective is. Mm. And so that's been a huge thing for me. And just also hearing hearing about how like the mind and body are interconnected is always fascinating to me. Something I'm always learning more about. But I think just yeah, how important mindset is and just trusting and not putting too much pressure, like focusing on the pain, like the perspective of he- like coming from a place of healing rather than like bemoaning the pain is more conducive to recovery and everything. But yeah, just a lot, a lot of it's resonating <laughs> very nicely. That's Good. cool. Right? That, that, well, that that's also it makes sense because of the fact we talk about this kind of thing a lot here on the show. So, I mean, that's why you're uh, not only a co-host, a long-time listener. That's why so many people listen. So we're we're clearly hitting the the right notes today, and that's cool. But I love the fact that you're you're honing in on how it's affecting you. That that perspective is really making a difference. And and we talked about perspectives. How many times have we talked about perspective? You know, every week we talk about it. But once again. It's resonating with you in a big way. You got this big smile on your face and you're nodding your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Overall, this conversation, so. Yeah, yeah. But I point all that out because it's so important to recognize what resonates. You are, like, right now, you're the poster child for resonation. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch, but it's also beautiful to remember. And, and Megan, I, I mean, you, you deal with this, I'm sure, a lot with, with your clients and so forth. Very often we forget, we, even when we have learning, even when we've, we've opened up, even when we become enlightened, to use the popular phrase, we still forget. And, and it's, it's important to remind ourselves and to remind each other on a regular basis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Because what might be true for you may not be true for me. You have to really check in and see if it resonates. It's, and maybe not this, maybe not where you're at on your journey yet. But if you go back and listen to all of these episodes that you've put out over the 10 years, I'm sure different things are going to resonate, right? As well, you listen, evolve. If you listen to all the episodes I put out over the last 10 years, you're going to be listening to episodes for like the, the next year. <laughs> Continuously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've done over 1,700 episodes, so 1,700 hours worth of programming. Like, okay, yeah, that'll program you pretty good. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, let's, go, let's, let's do a little practical exercise here. Um, you mentioned that most of your clients have health issues. Um, I don't have anything on hand. Normally, I, we, we often do a thing here called Q&A. Um, sometimes it's based on, you know, listeners sending in a question or something like that, or, or the, you know, somebody in the live stream. But a lot of the time we, we do sort of a virtual Q and A where I go onto social media, Facebook or LinkedIn or something. And I find a conversation that's been going on where somebody was asking for help with something. Cause you know, that's the nice thing about social media. People are trying to help each other with a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And I don't have something specifically that I've pulled out for, um, health or, or, or medically related. So we're going to have to kind of invent one because I want to stay in that field. That's, that's your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so we what I'm going to do, anything. well, uh, but I still want to stay there because I think it's an important one and we don't give it a lot of attention. So I'm going to okay. kind of go a little bit generic to a topic we all know really, really well, because we've all been through it and that's the COVID pandemic and it, and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Although, interestingly, we're in a phase now where I think people are kind of tired of it. So they're, they're, they're just not giving it the energy they were giving it before. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating to watch and, and to be a part of it, too. Um, but I'm, I want to take us back to when we first became aware, you know, March 2020, and we're, we're, you know, we're, stuff's starting to get locked down, and there's a lot of fear going on and so forth. We here on the show tried very hard to talk about how it's all going to work out well, that this is just something we're going through, that it, um, mm-hmm. that in fact we in some ways invented it, not invented it, but you know what I mean, we, we, we brought it on with what we're giving our attention to, and that we can, those of us who are aware can shift our perspective and end up having a better experience than many other people who don't know how to or why to or why it's important to shift their perspective. Uh, and I can indeed report that among Listeners I've heard from among um, my co-hosts and myself, uh, guests who've been on the program, people that I know and so forth who are are in some way tied into or tapped into the program, the result has been overwhelmingly positive. We've had very few reports of people who had COVID. We've had no reports of anybody who've died from it. We've only had – I don't think we've had any reports of anybody who was critically ill from it. So overall, the record has been pretty good. I mean, that's anecdotal. I, I can't say I did an actual study, but right. you know, that, that's what the trend has been. So let, let's go back to that period. And when, first of all, what was your reaction when the first, mm. the, the whole thing came out and how did you handle it both for yourself and with your clients? Yeah. Okay. So my reaction was, Oh my gosh, this is my time. People need me. <laughs> I love it. It seriously, the first, I think I did a YouTube video or not a YouTube, um, an Instagram live on fear. Okay. Because I knew that that is really the disease is being in fear, being in scarcity. And so, you know, seeing, you know, that was my initial reaction is okay. One and in being very practical, what is this? I, you know, my knowledge of what a virus is, I know the bot, you can't take medication as far as like an antibiotic, right? It's a virus in the body. I mean, we have viruses all the time, colds all of the time, the flu, the two times, I'm not even, I don't want to talk about vaccines, but the two times I got the vaccination for the flu, I got the flu. So (laughs) if that tells you anything, um, (laughs) that's all I'm going to say. I think that people went so far into fear initially, and that's just what we're talking about right now is like the initial response that, that caused a lot of this, um, the virus to really have more of an impact than what it could have had. Mm. It's because the fear and the scarcity, you know, people going to the stores and buying all the toilet paper and all of the things. <laughs> well, always I mean, about toilet paper. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is, and I live in Houston, Texas, where we have hurricanes. Like, mm. we get, we go get water and toilet paper if there's a hurricane coming, but a virus? I'm like, yeah. so that was my initial reaction is, okay, people need me. I want to bring, I want to help people feel resourced. Mm. And also I want to teach people that their bodies are resilient, that they are capable of, you know, if they do get this virus, that they're capable of navigating this, taking care of their body and that, you know, really being grounded and resourced within their body, that that's going to be the best medicine. Yeah. So, 
that's where I was with that initially. And I continue to have that viewpoint of the body's capable of healing. And fear is really a vibration that makes things elevated, including if you're going to be freaked out about getting sick. There, there was a small minority of us, significant, but a small minority of us who were doing just this, just like you were doing, just like we were doing here on the show. And we've encountered other people who have come onto the show who were also doing very similar kinds of things. I honestly believe those of us who were doing this were kind of carrying the masses. Mm. I, I think we were actually providing a vibrational space that made it possible for people who were, uh, the way I was about to say it almost sounded like a political statement, so I'll avoid that one. It, like, I was going to say on the fence, and that sounds political, and I don't really mean that as political. I just mean like they were they were kind of starting to feel the fear, and they were starting to feel it more and more, but they also had this feeling like that's not really where they wanted to be. And I think that those of us who were creating these spaces gave them a safe haven in a sense. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we helped to have that influence. I mean, we, you were talking about earlier the influence you have over somebody else just by being appreciative in their presence. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same kind of influence. It's a, it's a vibrational influence. That's right. Yeah. And that vibrational influence is, I don't know how big it is. All I know is it's big. <laughs> I'm learning. It's, let's put it this way. It's bigger than I thought it was five years ago. It's, it's everything. And yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Um, the people you're working with, the people you're around, and you having a podcast that can reach a lot of people is amazing and really needed during this time. It amazes me, to be honest. Seriously, I started this thing with my wife and we had no listeners and we didn't know what was going to come out of this thing, you know, so to have, you know, hundreds of listeners later on, like, whoa, okay, (laughs) this is cool. Absolutely. (laughs) But it it wasn't part of the plan. The plan was no plan at all. The the plan, well, actually the plan, I've told this story before. The plan was at the time we were financially, we had been devastated by the financial crisis of 2008. Both of our businesses had been wiped out. So Mm -hmm. our, our income went poof instantly, which was terrifying. And then we spent the next four years trying to recover without a lot of success, going deeper into debt. And then uh, six years later, we ended up moving. We were in Virginia at the time. We ended up moving back here to Connecticut, where I am now. And it was uh, it was four years after the crisis that I started the podcast. And the reason I started the podcast was I was so poor, I couldn't afford, I could not only could I not, not afford a coach, I couldn't afford to buy a book on how to you know do self-help. I was, I was in that bad of a place. And and the only thing I could think of is, well, if I start a podcast, I could invite all these experts on. They could teach me for free, and then I could actually get what I need, which worked out beautifully, by the way. Genius. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love uh, that. Th- well, there was a time. Actually, there was a piece of me at the time that was saying, isn't that cheating a little bit? Nope. <laughs> it's not. But that's what – seriously, that, that, that'll show you where my state of mind was at that time. Like, mm. I, no, no, no I, that, that's like crossing a line there. That's not a good thing. Yeah, I'm not worthy of get, receiving this coaching for free. Yeah, yes, yes, right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But fortunately, I have since learned differently, and that, that is a good thing. But when I started, I had no inclination that it was going to grow and that it was going to turn into something where I could help people once a pandemic came along. So, I mean, I appreciate what you said, but honestly, from my point of view, it was like, hey, I'm glad I could contribute. Yeah. I'm glad that we could contribute. It wasn't just me. I mean, I have, I have 10 co-hosts for goodness sake. And, the, and those 10 have, have like, you know, churned over the years. It's been a different list every year and so forth. Plus all the hundreds of guests who've been on the show. That's where it's all coming from. I, I'm, I'm more like the, the conduit that, that brings everybody in. And I'm happy to play that role, but yeah. it's, it's all the wonderful people who've come in like yourself who have helped yeah. us to understand how all this stuff works. 
So let, let's let's try um, an actual example. You, you said you'd be willing to go outside of the realm of health. I do actually have one sure. um, that I pulled outside of the realm of health. This is uh, more of a relationship kind of a of an issue. Um, in fact, it's very much a relationship issue. It's a, and it's a fairly long post that I pulled off here. Um, let's see. Can I shorten it? I'm, I'm doing like a little quick scan to see if there's a way to, to shorten it. Well, all right. I'll, I'll just read it. And then we'll let you uh, we'll, we'll let you play coach to this person who you have no idea who it is. <laughs> Let's do it. So this person says, my boyfriend and I have been together for eight years. I'm 32. He'll be turning 50 this year. He has a daughter from his previous marriage who is 21. Since his daughter was older and in high school when we met, we were never really super close. We get along perfectly and like each other, but we only talk when she comes home from college to visit. As a father should, my boyfriend puts her first. I don't want to say I'm jealous because that wouldn't really describe how I feel. But whenever we do things with her or for her, I think I, I, I think I resent the fact that I will never come first in his life. He loves me and wants to stay with me, but has made it very clear he never wants to get married again. Although I've never been married, I'm okay with that. He even brought me a ring so that we could meet in the middle. Maybe I'm not even sure what to ask here, but I always tell myself that he should have father-daughter time with her or I'll try to be busy so I don't have to go and do things with them because I don't really see myself as part of her life. For example, her college graduation is this weekend. For the entire eight years that we've been together, we have given separate cards for all occasions for her. We co-signed cards for our family members and everything else, but have always done separate for her. So when he offered to sign my name in his card with a large amount of money that, that he's giving her, I told him, well, she's his daughter and that I should not get credit for that and that I would pick out my own card. I tell him that we live separate lives when it comes to his daughter, and I, I don't know why I feel this way. So is my issue of him not wanting to marry me coming out? Is it uh, because I don't feel like I have a place when she's around? Some people have said that maybe I'm jealous because I don't have any children, but I think I'm okay with not having kids, and he is unable to have any more kids. So how do I get rid of this attitude of feeling this way? So very, very, um, mm. a lot of stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I immediately go to the root of what's going on. So do you want to know how I would coach her or what the root is? I can go into both. Whatever, whatever your response is, however you want to respond to it is up to you. Okay. So the first thing I'll, I will get to the root, but the first thing I would look at is I really feel that she is projecting her feelings onto him and she's not allowing herself to receive what he is giving her. She's blocking that and she's projecting the relationship that he has with his daughter and making it his fault that she's not receiving what she's really wanting from him. I would work with her a lot on her beliefs. Like, what is she making this mean about her? What is this making, you know, how is she, how is she, it's really coming down to, you know, I'm not good enough, low self-worth, that's at the root. Mm-hmm. And learning, she needs to learn how to pour into herself, give herself what she's seeking from him. She, there's a part of her that she's rejecting within herself and she feels that rejection from him. He's really rejecting me. He's doing this, this and that. And it's really, she's rejecting a part of her. So once she learns how to clear that up, release the judgment and the projections she can start to see that, wow, I can actually give myself what I need. And that's what clears the energy between the two. He will find her so much more attractive and sexy. And who knows? He might want to ask her to marry her. Mm -hmm. 
things can change when you really stand in your worth and you start to comb through those limiting beliefs that are making you view the whole situation as not supportive for you. And if it's not meant to be, the relationship will drop away. Mm-hmm. And if it is, you'll, you'll both grow together. You'll learn how to communicate. So this is where else I see really, I mean, this would take a long, lot longer coaching container with her. Sure. Yeah. We're three months, four months. Really fast. Yeah. yeah. Six months. But I see a lot of, um, her boundaries, definitely like looking at boundaries, opening lines of communication. She's not really fully expressing herself in a way that he's receiving it either. And sometimes that can come from, you know, when we're in relationships, if we're triggered, we feel anger, hurt, sadness, and we can be very combative, but that's not talking from a place of love. It's not talking from the sadness of, you know, that really hurt me when X, Y, and Z, you know, you did this with your daughter, da, 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 da. She's probably talking from a place of this is your fault. I'm angry about it. Get your crap together. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not like, it's hard to receive that if you're coming from that place. And so what I, what I help my clients do is really get to the root of what are you wanting? How are you speaking? How can you speak from a place of love versus fear? And that's where she's speaking from right now. She's fearing. She's in a lot of fear-based mindset in that mentality. And it's just being projected onto her partner with his relationship with his daughter. That's interesting. I I, I like what you're saying there. Uh, I'll tell you one of the main reasons why I selected this one and put it on my list of ones to talk about here on the show at various times is that it it's not a perfect match, but there are elements that remind me of my mom. Mm. Um, one of the big elements that I hear in what she was writing there is how she was stressing how much she was respecting the relationship between her partner and his daughter and that she didn't want to be in the way of that. And she, and, and, and if, if it had been my mom now, of course my mom would not have been in that situation because she was married and, you know, had uh, you know, the, the more traditional family situation. So that particular situation didn't apply. But if she had been in that situation, she would have been the person who would have saying, who would have said, Oh no, no, I really mean it. When I, when I say that uh, their, their relationship comes first, it's most important. That's really, really true. And if you try to talk her out of it, she would have been defensive about, it. Oh no, 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 you, you don't understand. You know, which was always a little bit confusing with my mom until you found, until I finally learned, you know, what her language was, what, what how she was expressing herself, what she, position she was coming from. Because a lot of the time you would try to, uh, or I would try to, or my brother and sister would try to kind of pin her down on something or try to get her to commit to what what it was she really wanted or something like that. We couldn't do it. It was mm. it was like trying to fight fog <laughs> because you could never actually she, get there. Do you think she really knew what she wanted? I actually, by the end of her life, I'm sure she did not. Yeah. Which is sad, but it was all, I mean, I can tell you like within the last couple of years of her life, she, I, I, she knew one thing that she wanted, but she wanted at the time she was living in a senior center and her health was failing and she wanted to be with family again. My sister ended up agreeing to be her caregiver and so took care of her for the last year of her life. Or actually it wasn't the last year, it was like the last Oh, three, four months, something like that. But anyway, she got her wish. So that was one thing that she wanted. 
But when I tried to ask her about other things that she wanted, like what did you want to do with your time? Did, did you have stuff you were trying to accomplish? Did you do you have things that you enjoy doing? I could never get a straight answer out of any of that. Wow. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident that she really didn't know what she wanted. And I'll tell you something else. I don't think she really knew what she liked. Yeah. I mean, she would tell you that she loved you. She would tell all of us that. You know, she 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 would try to, the best that she knew how to be the loving mom. But I don't think she really knew what she liked in, in life. I don't think she knew what, what really grabbed her attention. Mm-hmm. What said, yeah, that's what resonates with me. I don't think she allowed herself to go there. Yeah. And that's a, you know, I do a lot of um, balancing masculine and feminine energies Mm. and receiving is that, that feminine energy that we all have, by the way, not talking about gender at all. Um, I'm sure your audience is familiar with that. Sure. And that receiving is really important. That was hard for me. A lot of times Mm. is like being able to receive a compliment, being able to receive help, money when I needed it, when I was at a low point, you know, being able to receive that, it was like judgment and shame. And I really do feel like with the scenario that you shared and with your mom, it's a, it's an imbalance of that feminine energy. You know, as long as I'm helping others and doing things for others, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, am I allowing myself to really receive too? Yeah. That's, a, that's really stepping into your abundance of I'm worthy of receiving this also. And that's how you can find out more of what you want. Also, just looking at what are your values? What do you really value? We're not taught that either. It's true. That's true. In fact, I think that for my own self, my mom's uh, example ended up helping me to realize just how important it was to look out for me. Yeah. To see what is it that I want out of life? It took me a while to get there, but I got there. It's all that matters. Yeah, it is all that matters. And, and I was very glad that I did. That it, Because... I think a large portion of my life where I struggled the most, to be honest, I was trying to figure out, okay, what, what can I do? What's the popular phrase these days to be of service? What can I do to be of service to others? How, how can I serve the rest of humanity? And all I ended up doing was making myself miserable (laughs) in the process. It wasn't until I started taking care of myself that all of a sudden the podcast happened and oh, Hey, I'm all of a sudden serving humanity. How about that? (laughs) That is so true. Wow. That's powerful. That's a powerful story. It is. It's a very powerful story because what it recognizes is that this is my favorite way of saying it. You can't give something unless you have something to give. That's right. And that's what comes, you know, if we circle back around to health and wellness, that foundation of really giving yourself what you need, that self care, whether that's a nap, relaxing and watching a show that feels good, reading a book, feeding yourself with nourishing food. You have to have that because then you're able to give more to others. It's a beautiful thing. This has been a great visit. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before we let you go, we got to get some info from you about how do we reach out, especially those who are interested in either your course or maybe even in the one-to-one coaching or just maybe reaching out and saying hello and saying they enjoyed hearing you on the show. But how do people find you? Yeah, I would love that. Please come say hi. Um, so my email is I, that's my Instagram. My Instagram is I am <laughs> Megan Warren. You can find me on Instagram. That's the only um, social media platform I'm on. Okay. Um, my email is Megan at forgivingbelly.com. And you can send me an email there. I'd love to hear from you if you're also interested in a one-on-one 
um, coaching program. I do um, one hour consultation calls where I, I call it a breakthrough session. And so come with something that you're wanting to work on just to see if we're a good fit. And then I, from there, we'll okay. see, you know, would a group program be better for you? I have a program called the Mind Body Accelerator program that we talked briefly about. Or would a one-on-one um, coaching service be best of service to you? So you can find me there. That's very generous, too, because, uh, I mean, a lot of coaches will give a, a, a an initial program, but doing it as a one-hour consult mm-hmm. to really help you find the right place, that's a, that's a generous use of time. So on behalf of those who take advantage of it, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. I love it. Love it so much. It's my way, just like you said, to give back. It's my way to give back because I want people to really feel like you are empowered when you're making a decision to say yes to yourself. And sometimes you need a lot, not sometimes, you need a lot of time, most of the time, (laughs) Mm. to really have a breakthrough and see, okay, I need this. I need this transformation in my life and I'm ready to say yes to myself and invest in my health and my life. And, And so, yeah, that's my way of giving. That's a beautiful thing. And we will include a link to your forgivingbelly.com website so that people can also click there to get there the easy way. But Megan, Megan Warren, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your expertise and sharing your wonderful perspective. I I thought for sure we were going to find a difference. We found everything in alignment. This is cool. I loved it. I, I totally felt in flow with both of you. So thank you so much, Walt and Sam. Loved it so much. Of course. Yeah. Lovely hearing from you. And thank you also to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.